Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week, starting it off right. Focusing on a little bit of self-care every day, as much rest as possible, and building in room for joy. Activating that joy, stepping into it, leading a more pleasure-centered life. We need more of that. We don't need to work harder or work more. We need to uh, be focusing on the other things. So uh, just your daily reminder, we've got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about ways to reduce holiday stress. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. It's important stuff. Holidays are supposed to be fun. So we're going to talk about some of that. I wanted to open the show, though, talking about a topic that comes up often in my practice. And um, it's it's, it's something that I think we need to think about differently. Again, a lot of mental health work is really about unlearning, unlearning problematic narratives or expectations, or even ways of moving through the world and relationships. And our relational work is the most important work we're going to do in our lives. And that's why it blows my mind. I see people working so hard at their jobs and and, and acquiring certain skills and forms of knowledge or working really hard on their bodies at the gym or working really hard on their beauty techniques and skills at home and fashion and all sorts of stuff. But we put no time often to working on our emotions or our psychological health which often are about our relational health, right? Relationships are where that work is shown, what we need to be working on. It's also where we can do it and how we can do it. Again, we're all in a multitude of different relationships. So with your friends, family members, colleagues, loved ones, people you are dating, whatever it is, that can help us really figure out where that work should exist. So what do I mean when I say work on yourself emotionally and psychologically? Well, at the very least, work on being more emotionally regulated, work on being a better relational partner. But bigger than that, maybe identify what are the things that you tend to struggle the most with and how can I go start thinking about, tracking, working on, reading about. Most of my clients, depending on where they're at, they're in therapy, but they also have homework between sessions where they're practicing something or or, or working or tracking something or maybe getting more information. And then often they're also reading certain things as well. So um, ask yourself that, you know, what is the, you know, what's most of your time put into and can you carve out time just to journal every day, carve out some time to just be reflective on the different relationships you're a part of and how those things are going. Take some time to start reading some books that fall under emotional or psychological health. Um, basically the things I talk about on the show, take a few of them, work on them, identify, you know, based on the topics I talk about what, what seems to be most difficult for you or something you're constantly stumbling over. So that's where that work is. Now, again, the reason why I even got on this tangent was because I was looking at an article. 
And I thought the headline was really profound. It said, fidelity, you know, we're talking about people that are, you know, infidelity. Well, what's the opposite of infidelity is being fidelity, being living from fidelity. Such an odd word to try to conjugate. Um, It is not synonymous just with monogamy. So people often think that, you know, infidelity is about cheating. And that's their entire entry point. That's their entire assessment. As long as I'm not cheating, then I'm being, what's, I can't conjugate that word. Then I'm living in fidelity. (laughs) I have to, I have to do, I have to do a little more work with that because I don't use that word often. I talk about being relational. I talk about secure attachment. I talk about adult healthy skills. Um, but it's bigger than just whether or not you're cheating. And I mean that even, you know, emotional cheating, sexual, you know, physical cheating. It's also about whether or not you're being loyal to your partner. That's what fidelity is, that you prioritize your relationship. Fidelity is that you have your relationship and your partner's back when they're not around. That is that you're also considering the impact things will have on your relationship, your partner, when you're out in the world making decisions about anything and everything. So it's about a faithfulness to that partner and to the relational health and to prioritizing the relationship. So fidelity can exist in open relationships, in polyamorous relationships, in monogamous relationships, because again, it's about being loyal to the relationship and your partner. And there's a lot of different ways that that can get brought up as a topic. And so really reflect on that. Where am I not acting from a place of fidelity, loyalty, and support to my partner or my relationship? Where, what are the areas where maybe I'm harming it or where I don't have their back? where again, I'm not looking at and taking seriously the impact I'm having on them because I'm in their life and we're together. Those are things I want you to think about. So fidelity is a word with a larger definition. I'm going to try to kind of keep circling back with that, but I thought it was an interesting point um, because I think we keep the bar low in terms of what we expect from ourselves as a partner. You know, as long as I'm not cheating, as long as I'm not being verbally or physically abusive. And again, we've talked about that on the show, where even some things that are considered emotionally abusive, we have also begun to normalize. But um, I think we need to think broader than that. Because for some relationships, it's the smaller things. And for some people, that's where the work is going to be. So anyway, chew on that. Uh, But when we come back, we're going to talk about intentional ways to really work on reducing the stress during the holiday time. Uh, You're going to hear me talking a lot about holiday stuff because we have a lot of different holidays. And whether you're dealing with mental health or stuff in your relationship or stress or physical ailments or recovery around drugs and alcohol or an eating disorder, Holiday times bring up a lot. People that are struggling with loneliness, disconnection, trauma. So, but there's something in this for all of us. So, you know, stick around. And uh, later, of course, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions and topics. But stick around, y'all. We'll be right back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we are back and we're talking about holiday stress. I was talking about the holidays last week, how to deal with boundaries, how to deal with toxic family members, how to prioritize your recovery, whether it's from disordered eating or a problematic relationship with drugs or alcohol, trauma responses during the holiday. We were talking about gift giving that's centered in mental health. What a what a really interesting topic where mental health is it, it, what what the conversation is that needs to be had around it shifts so drastically and dramatically depending on what season we're talking about. Because you know, in the winter time, for most people, we talk about seasonal affective and then holiday stressors and all the things that that brings up. And then there's the stuff about going back to school and empty nest. And there's just so much in there. And around New Year's, we have to talk about how people maybe step into or encounter setting goals for the New Year's. And are we setting self-defeating ones? It's it's just such a fascinating thing how it really really wedges itself into our lives. And even if you don't quote unquote celebrate the holidays, you're still impacted by it because it's all around you. So there's even work around that. So I want to talk about how to reduce stress because in theory, in the most ideal world, which of course we do not live in, there'd be nothing but fun. (laughs) I, I, I was having a conversation with my mom based on a topic I was sharing about, I think it was last week, about remembering what the holidays are really supposed to be about. And I, and she was saying, God, I wish I'd thought about this sooner, realizing that I don't need to perform perfect holiday with the right place settings and the right foods and what we're wearing and how I just wind up stepping outside of even having a good time myself, she said, as a host. And I said, how stupid is that, right? I said very lovingly. Uh, I said, isn't that, isn't that interesting how we tend to do that? And what would it mean if you instead centered fun and pleasure for yourself and everyone during the holidays? And I was kind of feeding her some of the sound bites I had on the show where I said, what if we just wore comfortable things? And what if people all brought something that is, you know, speaks to who they are, what they wanted to eat? And it was more potluck, potluck style and relaxed. And we all just focused on spending time and, and rest in leisure because our lives are so busy. Holidays should be relaxing emotionally, but also physically. We don't need to put that much labor into decorating and preparation unless that's something that's enhancing for you and feels good and is bonding because that's the other side of it. There's some activities that I do like that we do because it's participatory and it's shared experience and it really grounds us in the holiday. And so maybe it is some of the decorating or, or, or cooking together and making cookies and some of the other little interesting uh, rituals that they have. Um there's so many interesting rituals, depending on what your religious beliefs are or cultural beliefs within the holidays. And so some of those are important to hold on to, but not to the detriment of your mental health where you're stressed and exhausted and spending more money than you feel comfortable spending. Because I hear a lot of that coming into my practice. Remember, I have a, a, a clinical practice. And so a lot of the things I talk about are things that I see clients struggling with or stumbling over repetitively. And God bless my friends, them as well. And that's one of the ones that comes up with a lot of um, adults or uh, parents 
is uh, getting ready for the holidays and getting gifts and the right gifts and how much can we spend and couples are fighting over their budget and who's coming over and I'm like, oh my God, where is the fun, joy and celebration in this entire discussion? It's gone and we've really focused instead on the materialism of it all. The objects, what do we have? What does it look like? Oof, shake that off. So we're gonna spend some time talking about how to kind of drift away from that a little more. So this is something that's useful at any time of the year. We'll just talk about that. But during the holidays, it's even harder. So statistically, um, stress increases, stress spikes around the holidays. And we see that in terms of crime, in terms of drug and alcohol use and other, you know, things like that, disordered eating, faulty, maladaptive coping mechanisms, basically. Because that's what a lot of that is about for people. Some people's issues with drugs and alcohol and food and whatnot is related to maybe trauma response, uh, forms of coping and dissociation. Some people it's just maladaptive learning, but either way, uh, it's really about finding better ways to deal with what comes up for us around the holidays and not falling back on those more detrimental, harmful things, because that's what it's about. We want coping mechanisms that don't harm us. <laughs> that's the goal. So what are some things we can kind of try to put into place or center? Uh, first, let go of the entire idea of perfect. And I know everyone's like, we know, we know, we're not trying to go for perfect. But even, you know, to use a dating example, people will say that, they're like, I'm not looking for perfect, but this one thing about this person I'm dating is annoying. And I'll say to them, okay, so you then believe that you shouldn't be annoyed by anything, that annoyances shouldn't exist? And what's on the other side of that? Again, someone who's perfect, someone who never bothers you or annoys you or frustrates you. And we know that that's not what we're looking for and that's not possible. So then here you are. This is what it looks like. Suck it up and deal with it. Learn how to accept these pieces. Holidays have to have some of that as well, where things are going to go wrong. Things are going to be less than ideal. That doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it's wrong. That doesn't mean it's broken because we're also learning healthy skills. I'm always weaving that into everything we talk about. So we're learning how to not judge. We're learning how to accept and let go. Things weren't how you wanted them to be. Okay, moving on moving along. So we have to get rid of perfection because we know that you can't have the perfect dinner. We can't have the perfect guests, the perfect decorations, the perfect Christmas tree. Um, so you have to really move away from that. And again, we do that by practicing acceptance and saying, oh, that wasn't what I wanted. Okay. And we move on. And also by really, 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 really trying to bring ourselves back to what is the goal of this? And if you can just keep saying to yourself, it's just about having everyone here together. And there are still ways to have fun that can help you, that self-talk, really get yourself out of the mindset of having a meltdown over something not being perfect or ideal. Expect it. And then when it happens, accept it. And then go back to that self-talk of this is okay because we're still having fun and we still will have fun. I promise you. I promise you. I've been around some of the holidays that were, my gosh, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you, but you know, my old family holidays often, a lot, we had a lot of strong personalities, a lot of people dealing with a lot of different stuff and uh, they were far from ideal often, but you had to keep coming back to what are we really here for? Kind of soothe that a little bit. All right. We're going to keep talking about ways to de-stress the holiday time. But again, we're talking just about general emotional regulation skills at the same time. So this stuff is applicable to just pretty much everything and anything. Uh, and then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, topics you want covered, something you want us to circle back to. We want to hear from you. Uh, but stick around. We got a lot, lot, lot more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we're back talking about how to reduce stress. Who doesn't want that? 
It's a practice. It's a practice that we should be applying to a lot of things in our lives. I tell you, I teach almost everyone that comes into my office at some point emotional regulation skills because we don't really have good ones. And we don't deal with frustration and disappointment very well in any domain, but especially in the relational sexual domain. We really do want things to be perfect and it's really hard for us to accept things. Because we think in accepting them that we're saying that this is okay, but in accepting them, we're actually saying, I'm letting go of the suffering that I'm bringing to this moment by struggling with just allowing what is to be, whether I like it or not, or it's right or wrong in my judgment, I'm stepping outside that and I'm saying, here's what it is. It's kind of like the serenity prayer. If we wanna borrow something really beautiful, it's, you know, whatever it is that you can do, great, go do it. But if there's nothing that can be done, you, you just, you find the peace in that. And you say, all right, letting go, moving on. That has been profound for me, personally profound because I was raised in a little bit of a perfectionist family. And I've had to, throughout my life, really learn to lean more into what's honest and acceptable and authentic for me and what's reasonable for me. And really trying to move through my life, not trying to recreate this sense of, I need things to be perfect. Because perfectionism is really an inability to just be yourself and to feel good enough as you are. And it's over, it's over connecting whatever's happening, whatever you're producing to your self-worth and, and, and your meaning and your validity. And it's about detaching from that and saying, huh, I put this party together, it's not ideal. It doesn't reflect poorly on me. I'm still the same person I am. I remain intact. My worth is not tied to what I produce or put out there. And I'm choosing to center this holiday in more fun and joy. And I think there's something really beautiful in being transparent about that and calling that out. You give yourself permission. Hey everyone, this season, we're gonna go for ease. We're gonna go for fun. We're gonna go for joy. We're gonna go for casual. I'm no longer holding myself to those rigid boundaries, which ruin the holiday for me and often everyone else. So um, don't expect perfection anymore. <laughs> Uh, I think that's something really beautiful. There's a, that, that is some good mental health stuff right there. But what else can we do? Well, we're also not going to uh, put on top of everything else that's going on financial stress. And I know that that probably, it was really upsetting to a lot of people to hear me say, maybe we're giving less this year, or maybe we're not giving gifts at all. Maybe we're not giving gifts at all moving forward either because we don't need to spend a lot of money and purchase something to demonstrate care and love, especially if finances are tough for you. It's okay to say, I'm gonna use other things to demonstrate my love and care. Like, I don't know the fact that I'm always there for you. The fact that we're here celebrating together. Like, that's beautiful. Um, here's the stat, ready for this one? This will hurt your heart. 77% of us expect to exceed our holiday budget this year. 77%. Only 37% will put a post-holiday budget in uh, budget plan in place to recover. So overspending is no good for everyone. So say no to that. Why are we giving gifts anyway? Well, it's demonstrations of love and care. And if you have the time and energy and finances, awesome. But if you don't, that's awesome and okay as well. Let's also go back to, maybe I'll be talking about this down the road in today's segment, but let's also talk about um, making gift giving something with a larger definition, uh, crafting things, sending notes or messages of love and care. I luckily, I think for some, especially people I date, sure, give me something. But what I really prefer is just expressions of love and care. And those are more behavioral and verbal, showing me that you're thinking about me, really fully participating in my life, 
um, things like that. I know people will be like, well, what if my love language is receiving gifts? Well, what if you're with someone who doesn't have the finances for that? Then you need to be able to see their love expressed in other forms. The love language thing is not a black and white live and die by that kind of thing. It's a theory. There's flexibility to it. Some of us need to evolve beyond what we claim to be our love language because some people's love language is rooted in their ego. It's not coming from a healthy, honest place. Please don't think that because you filled out an online thing that that is, uh, that is without, without fluidity or changeability. That is just who you are. No, it's not. Our, our, we can work on every element of ourselves. A hundred percent. We can work on shifting our personality styles and our temperaments and our love languages. And we often have to based on who we're with or the context of our lives. So you can't get off the hook with that by saying, my love language is receiving gifts. Well, time to grow up and find love expressed in other ways. And it's okay for us to start normalizing. In fact, I advocate for it. Let's normalize not making gift giving part of holidays, birthdays, or Christmas. A lot of people don't have the time, resources, or finances for that. But there's a lot of anxiety tied into that, a lot of on both ends. And so I want to normalize moving away from materialism because I think it's something we need to do as a culture anyway. We're so obsessed with our objects and what we can buy and how much money we have and the car we drive and our physical bodies. And none of those things are at all what's part of mental health or even a healthy relationship. It's about being consistent and responsive and available, living from your values, creating a life of purpose and meaning. I promise you there's no research showing that happiness is tied to the kind of car you have, the money you have and the gym body you have. And in fact, it shows us that those things are very fragile and they let us down and they fail us. And they, don't, they provide bleeps of joy, but that is short term. And that what is longer term is solid relationships, et cetera, et cetera. We've, we've done shows on it. So uh, we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna slide into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'd love to hear from you. Questions, topics you want covered. And uh, past episodes, we are channelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. We'll be right back though. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Anything you're wondering about, drop your questions in there. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my girlfriend moved in at the beginning of quarantine. We were only dating for a few months at that time. Noticed a lot of things about her since then as we're still cohabitating. And it's not seeming to go well. Bum, 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 bum. I think it's time to ask her to leave. But what can I do? I wake up often unhappy and I think it's ultimately unhealthy and toxic for me. Uh, I mean, without knowing much more, I think you kind of answered it. What do you need to do? You need to have that adult conversation. You know, as I say all the time, if we are going to be getting into relationships, we have to take seriously that responsibility that we will share with this other, whatever it is we're thinking or feeling, you know, and how they're impacting us. So I always want to say before you go to such a drastic move as to end a relationship or ask someone to leave, just make sure you've brought the issues to them. That's a sign of respect and care. And again, that is the commitment we make in all relationships that we will let someone know if there's an issue so they can help be a part of the solution. We often don't do that. And then it goes on too long, resentments build, and then we feel as though there's nothing more we can do but end it. Or we've gotten to a place where it is really that toxic and all we can do is move on. So try to bring it up and bring it forward. It's something we need to get comfortable with and a lot of practice with. 
And if it's not resolvable, well, then it's a very fair thing do, to do to say, I don't think that we should be living together or maybe even be together at all. And that has to be able to be said. You know, again, we're trying to form relationships with people that are safe enough to have those conversations. Um, and if you've done that work, well, then it's fair to ask them to leave, you know. And um, but again, that's the commitment we make that we'll have that willingness to do that. So that's what you have to do. There's no easy way to do it at all. It's a difficult thing. And it's going to be hard maybe for this other person to hear, or maybe not. Maybe they're very much also aware that things have been kind of tough. Um, so check it out. Uh, we got another one. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, can you please give some tips on how to discuss open relationships? been trying to bring it up with a partner, uh, but I'm afraid I'll say the same, uh, I'll say the wrong thing. And then I won't know how to react if the answer is no. Well, the answer might be no. You know, all these discussions are about finding what's healthy for both of you, but more importantly, what's healthy for the relationship. And uh, you have to have an understanding first of what you're asking for. So I always tell people, do a lot of research. What is an open relationship? What are the different options? What are the pros and cons of each option? There's pros and cons to monogamy. There's pros and cons to non-monogamy. And we have to make sure that we're built in a way to be able to pull that off. And also that we're in the right kind of relationship with the right partner who can pull that off. Some people's historical relational, AKA attachment, traumas or issues won't allow them to ever feel safe and secure in anything outside of monogamy. Other people realize monogamy for them is about playing it safe and not really dealing with jealousy and fear and anxiety. And it's healthy for them to practice, you know, letting that go. So, you know, educate yourself first that again, you know what you're asking for so that you can answer questions so that you're clear. And then you bring it to your partner and you realize that this might be something that's an ongoing conversation. It's not a one-off, a decision that's made on the fly. It's something you might be coming back and forth in and out of for weeks, months, years right because it's got to be both you know it's got to be something that you're both comfortable and open to doing that's the base the best bet hear your per partner's concerns and anxieties try to problem solve that let them know the deeper meaning as to why you want that and also be open to the deeper meaning that they provide as to why they might also want that or don't want that but know that there's a lot of options there's so many options that fall under the non-monogamy umbrella so be open to exploring maybe all of them it can't necessarily be what you want because for some people non-monogamy is a true orientation they're not not everyone is built for monogamy it is not right for everyone for some people it's far more difficult than what they're built to tolerate and they shouldn't have to deal with that right um and then for others maybe it's more of a lifestyle it's something they want temporarily they want to check out they want to explore so be open. It's an important conversation. It's a powerful conversation. We learn a lot about ourselves and the other and the relationship in general. Uh, but jealousy is not a reason to not do something. In fact, jealousy is a signal that maybe we need to work on building more trust and connection. And sometimes non-monogamy is a really powerful way to start to do that, you know, and to work on other powerful relationships. All right, y'all, we got to take a break. Uh, I'm going to come back and talk about ghosting. Yeah, I know. Some rough stuff, y'all. We got to be better. Got to do better. Check out uh, other shows, other episodes of the show, I should say, over at wearechannelq.com. Stick around, though. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We are back talking about ways to reduce stress over the holiday. But these are things that are applicable to every domain and, 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 and phase of our lives totally non-seasonal or seasonal. So we were talking a little bit in the beginning about getting rid of this idea of perfection, calling it out. We're going casual. We're getting back to the basics, just about being together and having fun. Do it for you, do it for everyone else, trust me. No, no one's gonna be mad about that. And if people still wanna dress up and do their thing, by all means, they still can. Um, I personally love stuff like that. I don't, I don't like the pressure otherwise. 
Uh, we also talked about not overspending and for some not spending at all. I know, I know some of y'all hate me for that, but I don't think we need to give gifts as a way to demonstrate that we actually love or care for someone. That's not how it's best shown. In fact, I think that's a really lazy way. You know, I'm just going to throw some money at something and like, I'm going to feel like I've done my work. Nah, I want you to be a good person. I want you to be consistent, reliable, available, responsive, living from your ethics. Ah, eh, that means more. Do that. You know, throwing a little cash at something, pulling something up on Amazon, having it delivered. Yeah, that's an expression of care, but like, that's the more superficial, topical one. Um, here's another big one. And this is, again, we're going to talk a lot about this this holiday season as it's coming up. Setting boundaries. I know it's really hard to disappoint and frustrate people, but you really know you're setting boundaries when you're frustrating and disappointing people. I make that some clients' homework that need to be more boundaried or more assertive. Go do it and you'll know you're doing it because it'll make you a little anxious and it will frustrate and disappoint people. And those are the people that need it most. Healthy people, they'll say, thank you for setting that boundary. They'll honor it. They'll say, yep, thanks for taking care of yourself. I get it. It's easy. Cool. But the people we really need to set them with are the ones that push back. We set it and they knock it down. They, we set it and they try to climb over it. We set it and they try to challenge it. Keep doing it and set those boundaries. Who you're around, how you're around them, for how long you're around them. If you're going to a, a party, you can say, I'm staying an hour. I'm not sitting next to the guy who drinks too much because I'm sober. I'm not, I'm, I need to have my seat changed. I'm not sitting next to uncles or neighbor or uncle so-and-so because they're racist or homophobic or transphobic. And I do not need to hear that, etc., <laughs> uh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Maybe you don't go at all and you say, listen, I'm sober. Y'all drink too much. Or I, I'm vegan and I need you to have options that, you know, honor who I am and the way I eat. That's something as a vegan, I ask for at every event or party I go to. Uh, please honor that, you know, you have a multitude of different kinds, different kinds of people there have gluten-free options, have vegan options. Not everyone eats meat and dairy, y'all. It's 2022. We got 300% increase in veganism. You know what I mean? Tons of people getting off drugs and alcohol all the time, especially this late in the year. Have non-alcoholic options. What's it to you? You know, and if you're sober and they don't, bring them. Bring a vegan meal. Bring a non-alcoholic option. Set, set those boundaries. Ask for what you need. That's a real powerful act of self-care and assertion. Relationships are hard, and we don't always have control over them when we go to people's parties or events or home for the holidays, but we can still set boundaries. We get to decide what we'll do and what we won't do. So that's the difference between a boundary and a rule. A rule is when we're trying to tell someone else what to do or not to do. We, we can't do that. That's not healthy adult behavior. But we can set boundaries saying, here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll be around. Here's what I'll allow. <laughs> So a rule would be no one's allowed to drink while I'm there. You can't do that. They're adults. They can do whatever they want. But the boundary is if I show up and people are drinking, I'm going to then leave. <laughs> and people then get to decide what they want to do about that. That's a boundary. Uh, or boundary is I'll bring non-alcoholic beverages because I want to participate in drinking something as well. Or boundary is I, I, I'm going to have to be able to choose who I sit next to because Uncle Bob, blah, blah, blah. And if I'm not able to find a comfortable seat that's safe for me, I'm going to have to uh, maybe leave. Those are, those are examples of boundaries. It's always about what you'll do or what you won't do, but we don't get to tell the other people what to do because it also goes back to a lot of times we're not even correct, right? So anyway, I don't want to get off topic, but uh, boundaries are going to be very important and holidays are a time where a lot of people realize how many of them need to be set. And it's usually with the people that are hardest to set them with. Otherwise, you probably would have done it already, but be willing to do it anyway because that person needs to learn how to deal with having boundaries set and still stay close and connected. That's the thing. You can't be offended when a boundary is set. You have to just say thank you. That's someone trying to take care of themselves so they can stay in your life or near you or around you. 
but we're allowed to set boundaries around anything that's not good for us. Period, end of story. Nothing, nothing, nothing should be more important than our mental health. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, what else do we need to do to address, to, uh, well, to address, but also to reduce stress over the holiday? Healthy expectations on everyone, but uh, especially on the kids. I know, what does that even mean? Well, holiday time, stressors, gift giving, rules, cha rule changing, things that we're gonna allow during their free time and downtime. Um, these are things we gotta talk about. How many gifts they're getting this year? How much money is spent? What types of gifts? Not everyone's had an amazing financial past year or two. And so for some families where maybe it was a huge tree and tons of gifts under it, this year might be looking very different. And you might want to readjust that expectation around what, what, you know, around what we might be able to do during this holiday time. Some families take big trips over the holidays, maybe not this year. So right-size those expectations so that everyone knows what's coming. And it also reduces the stress for you because it's one and done. You kind of let them know it's different this year and then you can kind of wipe your hands and move on and just be present in the holiday. All right, we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back and keep talking about ways to reduce the stress over the holiday. Stick around, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. Talking about ways to reduce the stress of the holidays. It is an act of mental health. Talked about a lot of really good stuff. Talking about changing expectations, let everyone know it's gonna be different this year. Not overspending, setting the necessary boundaries. Letting people know what to expect so that you're not stressed out. Call it out ahead of time. It's what gives you permission. Hey, just so y'all know, it's gonna be different this year. Decorated less, spent less, more casual, focusing more on joy and fun. Do you come however you feel comfortable coming, bring what you think you want to eat. We'll have some stuff. We're just going to have fun this year. I love that. Let the kids know no big vacations this year, you know, we're maybe a little bit less gifts, but we're going to be together. That's what the holidays are about. We're going to make cookies and play music and dance around. That's the stuff that I remember. That's the stuff that's magic. That's the stuff that's fun. Sure. Getting gifts was always awesome, but I wasn't sitting there counting them. It was really more about what kind of experience am I walking away from, especially if you're having others over. Uh, what else do we need to do? Again, appreciate what's maybe free or simple or easier. Conversation, playing games, uh, time together. It doesn't have to be about the food, the gifts, and what we're wearing and the place settings. Some of the funnest stuff when I think about parties and events are how much laughing I did, how comfortable I was, how much fun we had. And that's usually a result of people being relaxed people wanting to be there, people feeling safe there, the host themselves being able to be present. No one's stressed out about anything. No one's running around over anything. We're not on some tight schedule. We're not worried about what time people are arriving or leaving. We're just laughing, we're playing games. All of that is free, all that's more accessible, all that's easier. And a lot of people are working longer hours this year. They've made less money. Maybe they're dealing with um, financial insecurity drugs and alcohol, eating stuff. Like there's so much balled up into what's going on right now. Some people aren't going to be traveling at all. Um, so we just, let's lighten it. We're lightening it all. We're lightening. I'm trying to get everyone to lighten up on everything, but especially the holidays. Dear God, it's supposed to be fun and relaxing. Who wants to come out of a rough year into a holiday that then when they leave the holiday, they're like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> where's the joy? Where's the restoration and, and downtime? I, I remember that. I would look at my mom and dad after our holidays and I'd be like, what just happened? Everyone was so stressed. I don't think that that was fun. And now we're going back to our stressful lives. Like, 
something's wrong here, you know? So just reorient that, flip that. So appreciate the things that are simple and free. Just focus on fun. You know what I mean? Going for walks in the snow, sitting around, you know, family and friends you maybe don't often get to see, spend some quality time with them, watch some movies, bake some stuff, real simple, simple things, make stuff. Crafting is awesome. Um, Cause we're trying to do a little bit of the less is more. I'm telling you, and I know that that's upsetting for some people because for them, the holiday is about grandeur and everything's over the top. We can still do that on smaller scales. I was someone who always personally practiced that, um, but it's getting a little bit harder and harder uh, and easier in some ways as well, but the game's changing a little bit. So I want to kind of reset that for everyone. Um, what else can we do? We can reflect on some of the positive times. Um, stress is when we're kind of focused back on maybe what didn't work or what we're afraid won't work. Uh, counteract that, you know, reminding yourself what the goals are, moving everyone towards achieving that, and then being very, being very thankful that you have that. You know, you're getting to see family that you might not normally get to see. You're getting to maybe spend downtime with them. Um, again, keeping your attention on on the prize and not on what we're getting or giving. I can't tell you how many times I say that to people, especially when they're newly dating someone and they're paying attention to where they're going to dinner and gifts that are given. And I'm like, oh my God, you're missing the point. You're missing the entire point. I have to say that to stressed out parents as well around the holidays. Don't forget the point of all this. Don't forget what makes the memories, experiences, not the objects. Those objects usually are forgotten or given up on or broken by the year after right? Like, what did you, do you remember what you got each year? I certainly don't. And year by year, I've already, I'd moved on from the things I got. They don't hold as much power or meaning as shared experience. So focus on creating that. Like, what can I bring in or what can we do that'll really create an experience and pull everyone together? Because that's what they'll walk away remembering. You don't want people to leave your holiday or you to leave your holiday just thinking about all the stressors and catastrophes and how dramatic everything was in a negative way because we were hyper fixated on the wrong thing and we were fixated on instead of the joy and the connecting, we were fixated on how well we're performing perfect host, how well we're performing awesomest parent on the entire planet, how well we're performing the best holiday ever. Um, that's drifting drastically away from what this is all about. Uh, also, for those that have finances, hire some darn help. You know, throw, throw your neighbor a little bit of money, let them, you know, shovel your driveway, put your tree up or whatever it is. Um, not everyone has the resources for that, but that, but for those that they do, hire someone to clean your house, hire someone to whatever it is. Um, also, feel, feel okay not having a live tree. There's, there's a whole lot of environmental impact stuff that's tied into um, the industry of live trees, where they go afterwards, how they were farmed, where they came from. Um, fake trees, for a lot of people, is an easier way to go. It's also cost-effective. We're just reusing it year after year. There's also some amazing tree companies that will come pick up your tree and they replant it, um, or, they're, or they're sustainably harvested. So like, do a little research into that. I think that that's really powerful and meaningful. Um, so that's something to think about as well, is like, can we reuse some things? And that's great about the plastic tree part. Also, some of these sustainable tree uh, options are also a little more affordable. So looking into upcycling, recycling, reusing. Not everything always has to be brand new and shiny. In fact, you know, 
what do they call it? Uh, rich family rituals and traditions. That's also often about circling back to repetitive, repetitively, you know, redoing or reusing and, and whatnot. So you can fold in more things. It's tradition that we always use this tree. This is our tree. This is the same tree we use every year. You can start to do those kinds of things. Um, just once you start making those changes repetitively, they just become what we expect and kind of how we do things. So, um, all right, we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back and keep talking about how to reduce the stress during the holiday. And then of course, we'll be doing some, uh, we'll be closing out on a DM. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. And as always, uh, we are channelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes of the show. But stick around. We got a whole lot more coming. So uh, join us. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, so we're back and we're just kind of finishing up our show. Um, still got DMs coming, but wrapping up the segment about how to reduce stress. And if you start implementing some of the things we've been talking about, you really can start to recreate just what's expected, you know, in your experience of things. So we're not overspending this year. We're really being more thoughtful about gift giving, sometimes maybe even getting rid of that tradition. Um, not going for perfection, making it more about joy and fun, making it more casual, you know, setting boundaries while there so as to not make the holidays harsh, hard, or traumatic, uh, changing expectations on the attendees, other family members, or the kids, uh, appreciating things that are simpler, um, hiring some help if that's something that's possible for you, that's not something that everyone can do. Also just going more for moderation. I think there's something really meaningful in that as well. Like I whine about on the show all the time. I think uh, us being obsessed with objects and materialism has really thrown us off and pulled us away from what's most meaningful. The American Psychological Association uh, in talking about holiday stressors, they, uh, the top stressors they say are lack of time, uh, right? Uh, money worries, yeah over commercialization where people are like, yeah, it's not really about the gifts and the objects. We've missed out on, you know, family, fun and friends, uh, gift giving pressure, you know, not really being comfortable or able to give gifts with feeling as though you have to. And finally family get togethers. That's about all the things that come up while there and what you're going to encounter and, uh, the hassles of traveling and taking time off to participate. It shouldn't have to be about that. Again, if those are the things we're worried about and those are the things we're really centering, you know, the amount of time we're putting in and the gifts we're giving and all these other things, we've missed the whole purpose. We've missed the center point, which is about being together, having time down, time with others. Uh, so we want to just be honest about that, you know, call that out to the people around you to care about. Hey, holidays have been really hard for me. They've been very stressful as someone who attends or as the host. And I just want to do it differently this year. Or can we start a conversation about how we can so it's more fun for everyone? I think a lot of people will be down with that. Be realistic. Acknowledge those feelings. Um, also, setting a budget might help some people saying this is what I'm willing to spend for the holidays and I have to make everything fit in this. And then do that. And whatever doesn't fit in doesn't get done and, and make that okay. Again, rely on others to fill in those gaps by making it potluck or maybe going to someone else's house instead of yours. And also there's this like final thing I want to call out as well. Hold on to your self-care and healthy habits during the holidays. That, that, that's the foundation we need. Still get all your sleep, still stay focused on getting hydrated, still be focusing on moving your body and getting some exercise in. Um, that's the foundational part. That's like the most basic. And if you don't have that in place, well then you're not gonna be able to cope with everything else that comes on top of that. So that's the first thing I always say to my clients is like, we're gonna build in the basic self-care stuff and we're gonna hold on to that. 
and then everything else has to happen around that. But a lot of it's just about managing your boundaries and managing your, you know, your expectations and everyone else's expectations. And then finally, just want to hold a little bit of space for grieving, the grief and loss of who's not with us, who is not with us this year or who's no longer with us a lot of these years. And for a lot of people, there's a sadness in not honoring or calling that out. So you can still ritualize um, their existence by saying, let's talk about those that can't be with us this year because of death or because of other things that might be going on and call out their name. Also, maybe go around and tell a fun story or something memorable about them as a way to make them still present and a way to acknowledge their existence and the impact they've had on everyone. Some people maybe even want to set a place setting. That can be really heavy and hard for others, but like acknowledging that they were not able to be there and talking about how they impacted us is a really beautiful way of still honoring them and bringing them in. Um, it's really sad to imagine because they're no longer in the, their physical form or physically present that they somehow are totally absent when people can still always exist symbolically, emotionally, and psychologically by thinking about them and talking about them and telling stories about them and sharing stories about them. So maybe consider doing that. Uh, my father died a couple of years ago and it's been a profound loss. And I noticed one holiday that there just was no mention of his absence. And I thought, what an unkind thing, but also what what a what a roadblock like that wasn't healing for me and i'm sure other people felt that way and it's like let's acknowledge his absence and and and, and hold space for that so maybe make that a new tradition um in whatever way that that makes sense for you maybe you still prepare a meal that they always prepared or you honor something that they always contributed and you and now someone else takes that on and steps into it but um there's something really beautiful in using memory and storytelling as a way to to honor someone. And again, to have them occupy space and have presence still. Uh, photos are another way to do that. But I think there's something about calling out their name and, and, and connecting around this person's absence. That's more meaningful than just, you know, the, the presence of photos on the wall, as they say. So maybe start something new. But um, that was a very healing thing for me. So something I wanted to share with you all. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. So if you have a DM for us, that is any question you got, because someone else might have that question as well. So you're helping them when you help yourself. Any questions you got, topics you want covered. That also includes things maybe you want us to, uh, or you want me, I should say, to circle back, hit again, drop deeper into. Always happy to hear from you. I want you all to get your needs met. So let us know what you want us to uh, cover. But DMs, questions, topics, that's on our Loveline IG page. So drop them in there anytime. And past episodes are always over at wearechannelq.com. Just scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. They're all there. You can binge, post, share, we listen. Stick around though, more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. I'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide back into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one, a little bit long, so hang in there with me. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, my name is Eric. I've been an open gay man since I was 12, so about 13 years. The guy I'm talking to right now is also 25, but he's not fully out yet. Yep, a lot of people aren't. Not everyone's living in a safe conditions where they can openly be gay. Not everyone's maybe resolved and done that work. We live in a homophobic culture. So it takes a lot of courage still to come out as gay, knowing that some people will make assumptions about you. You know what I mean? It's not safe for everyone and it's not right for everyone to be open depending on their situation. You know, we have to honor that. Um, basically, though, your question said he's told me that his parents know he's gay, but he's never brought anyone home for them to meet. Okay. He said <clears throat> that only a few of his friends know. And the ones that uh, don't try to set them up with girls all the time. Yep, that's what friends do. It's actually what good friends do. So I kind of applaud them. They're like, hey, we want to hook them up. Uh, he said he goes out on these dates because he doesn't want to make his friends feel bad about it. Okay, that's a little strange. Your friends are going to be that let down about you saying I'm not interested in the people you're trying to set me up with. It's definitely some work in that. Uh, you say, I'm not pushing him to come out before he needs to. Good. But in order for us to continue to date, I do think his friends need to respect him and not set up him with female dates. Okay, that's what you think. I'm not sure what he thinks. And I'm not sure what he needs, you know, but I appreciate that you're saying that's what you need to feel comfortable. Uh, maybe you need to be uncomfortable right now. That's what you need. But what about what he needs? Because this is actually about him. You don't like the idea that that's happening. Cool. Calm down, regulate, you know what I mean? You entered his life. This is what his life looks like right now. We can't enter someone's life and try to make all these demands and decisions so that we're comfortable. That's not how it works. You need to accept him as he is. This is where he's at. And if you can't be where he's at and on his journey, then you're not a safe partner to be with. I don't know that you can just make that demand. What if his friends are homophobic? What if he has longstanding relationships with them and he has to figure out and grieve the loss of maybe losing them? I don't know what kind of role models he has that are gay. I don't know how his family's responded. Just because you've been out since you were 12 or 13, which means 13 years of doing that work and enhancing that confidence, he hasn't. And so you can't expect him to be in a few months or a few years where you, what took you 13. So you need a little more compassion because it isn't harming you directly at all, actually. 
when he's with you, he's with you. And when he's not, it doesn't matter. I, I appreciate the idea that you're like, yeah, but he's on a date with someone else. Okay, it's a girl. Nothing's going to happen. But bigger than that, like, worry about his mental health. He's not ready. Obviously. You know what I mean? And some people, it's a journey of years. Some people, it takes years for them to come out to everyone. Because we go at our pace, right? We go at our pace, not the pace, not your pace. That's rooted in your inability to tolerate your discomfort. Like, you have to toughen up around that. Um... You did say, uh, I do think his friends need to respect him. Great. Okay. I don't think they're disrespecting him though. They're operating off of the information they have. There's nothing disrespectful in that. Um, and not some of the female dates. Okay. Again, not disrespect, but I do think he should maybe say to them, I'm not interested because I, what I care most about is these poor women. What the issue really is, is are these poor women going on a date with someone that they think maybe is available and they're being vulnerable and they're taking their time and energy and that's not what's available. And so that's where I feel the worst. That's the people who are being harmed. These poor women that are getting already showing up and excited about a date and being misled and lied to. That's the core issue because no one else is harmed in this, right? If he's got the time, but I do think he should maybe back off of that out of care for these women. Uh, and you said he needs to draw that line as well. Is that me still asking too much? Yeah. I don't understand what your stake is in that. Again, I appreciate the idea that no one wants to think of their partner on a date with someone, but he's gay, so it doesn't matter. So how does it harm you? It doesn't. You're just uncomfortable. You want him to be further along than he is. You want him to be where you are. He's not. But I appreciate you saying this is hard for me. This is uncomfortable for me. Can we talk about that? Can we consider that? I appreciate you saying, you know, those women don't deserve to be dragged around through this. This is your stuff. And I do appreciate you saying like, hey, do you have a sense of what your plans are about coming out to them, if at all? Because if he says, I'm never coming out to them, that's his right. And you have to figure out what you want to do around that. So there's a lot of work in there for you, I think. Um, thanks for that question though. I appreciate it. Great vulnerability. All right, y'all, that is our show. DMs, drop in the DMs on our Loveline and G page. We are channelq.com is where all the shows live. So I uh, spend the rest of your night focused on self-care, right? Tons of joy and pleasure. Rest as much as possible. Be kind to yourself and those around you. Look, life is tough right now. We don't want to make people's lives harder by us being in them as per that example. You know what I mean? All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging out and you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.